Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by Adomni. Adomni, increase your revenue today by listing your digital billboard on Adomni. Today's podcast guest is John Odom, founder and president of Productivity Fabricators, a family-owned and operated steel fabricating business in Richmond, Indiana. Welcome to the show, John. Good to be here. John Give an overview of Productivity Fabricator. Didn't you start that? It's got to be 20, 25 years ago. Actually, Productivity Fabricators came into being in January 1, 1994. Hmm. Hmm. I had worked for the previous owner for about eight years as the general manager, and he decided to retire and gave me the opportunity to buy the business. I guess the rest is history. Now, how did you happen to do work for the out-of-home business? Well, the previous owner actually got into the building sign structures for 3M Advertising, was our first customer. And for the first few years, they were our biggest customer. Mm -hmm. Once we decided that the outdoor industry was a good industry to service, we sent salespeople out and tried to develop a market for productivity fabricators. Chances are, if you are driving around Indiana and you're looking up at a big steel monopole, chances are it probably came out of John's factory there in Richmond. John, what questions should an out-of-home advertising company ask when they build a structure? I guess the biggest thing to make sure that, that you get a quality structure and it's built to the current building codes. What I see a lot with uh, sign structures, there's not a lot of consideration given to being able to work on that structure. Mm -hmm. We design structures so that they can be accessed. In other words, a ladder comes up and, and either comes to a walkway or to some kind of an access platform or something so that the guys can safely transfer from the column ladder to the to the head structure mm-hmm. and and i see a lot of them that aren't that way <laughs> guys have to jump or step further than they should or something of that nature to to make that transition and that, that's one thing that they should be careful of they should make sure that all everything is made to new materials mm-hmm. the used pipe and and used materials cannot be really certified unless you take a sample of them and have them analyzed. Mm-hmm. And it kind of defeats the cost purpose of using used materials. And then, of course, the the thing that that really should be made exceptional is the paint that's used, the paint system that's used. That paint is what's going to protect that steel for many years to come. There ought to be a, a two-part system, one that uses a rust inhibitor primer and then a an UV-resistant finish coat. John, is there any paint that's better than another in your experience for a billboard structure? Well, the paint that we use was developed by Sherwin-Williams mm-hmm. for the specific purpose of painting outdoor structures. Hmm. It's the same paint that a lot of the guys use that make the tanks that hold propane, propane tanks. Yes. Trash containers, the same type of structures that are outside and and are exposed to the elements. Mm-hmm. John, what is the most difficult out-of-home build you've ever done and why? 
Well, I suppose the most difficult one was that uh, a few years ago we converted a roof-built structure to a monopole structure. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, quite a challenge. The yeah. the sign itself was built on a row house. If you if you know what a row house is, mm-hmm. it was a three-story structure, and the sign had beams that ran across from wall to wall, and then there was a twenty by sixty face. Oh my goodness! Uh, on top of that, yeah. Well, it just so happens that the row house. <laughs> was burned out by a vagrant that went inside one winter and built a fire inside of it. Oh, my goodness. So the row house was condemned. It was going to have to come down. And I got a call from the guy that owned the sign and said, I can't lose this sign. He says, it's one of my best renters. Can you figure out a way of converting it to a monopole? So I went out and looked at it, actually got up on it, which was kind of scary. (laughs) What we ended up doing was more or less filling the basement with concrete and putting a bolt cage in there. Yeah. And then send, dropping a monopole in down through the burned-out roof. Oh, you're kidding. Wow. Oh, well, yeah. And then, and then we took a horizontal pipe, torsion pipe, and yes. welded it to the cross beams and attached it to the column. <laughs> and lo and behold, they knocked the building down. The yeah. sign still stood up. Instead of building a ship in a bottle, you built a billboard in a house is what you did. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> now, while we're at it, you've, you've also built some, some tall billboards, haven't you? Tell me about some of the challenges in those big, tall ones that go way up high. Well, the biggest challenge there, of course, is to, to get it so it's fairly rigid. I mean... We built a 180-footer in Cleveland a while back. Wow. And I was very interested in knowing from the guys that built it, once he got up on it, if it moved around much. And he said, no, it really didn't move around much more than a, you know, a normal 30- or 40-footer. Wow. But to do that, to get the rigidity you need, it's it's all about the mass that you put into the column. Mm-hmm. And this one had a a lower column that weighed uh, 66,000 pounds. Oh, gee. How thick are we talking uh, in terms of diameter? I believe it was 96 inches in diameter and an inch and a quarter wall. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Of course, course it went down to ground 56 feet. Yes. uh, Yeah, it took a special trucking and transport and escorts and all kinds of things to get that lower column over there. Let's take a break here for a word from our sponsor. Adomni's buying platform enables advertisers and agencies to easily find and buy your unsold billboard space. With Audience IQ technology, advertisers can target consumer profiles, such as demographics, behavior, and interest that travel past your billboards. Join the fastest growing out-of-home network alongside over 200,000 digital screens. Whether you have a Formedco, Watchfire, Dectronics, or PrismView billboard, Adomni is easy to connect. Visit Adomni.com or email sales at Adomni.com to learn more. Out of home, in your hands. John, I've heard you talk about the elements of a good out-of-home maintenance program. Could you sketch out for us what constitutes a good out-of-home maintenance program? Well, I believe the biggest challenge with an outdoor structure is to make sure that you inspect it regularly. A lot of things can happen to a sign structure with the elements, the wind and the different rain and snow and ice and all kinds of things. 
and a regular scheduled inspection, which is documented. Mm-hmm. In other words, when you send a guy out to inspect a sign, he should have a document that tells him what to inspect. We found that the best way to do that is to ask questions. In other words, you write out a question when you walk up to the sign, are there any cracks in the footing? Hmm. Yes hmm. or no? Mm-hmm. And he's, if he says no, then what's the comment? You know, do you take pictures or you, mm-hmm. where's the crack at or this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Documented inspection procedure. And then a, that done regularly, we recommend once a year at least. Mm-hmm. Some places I know do it more often than that. Or if you've had a big storm come through, it's a good time to go out and especially make sure that the head bolts have not stretched. Mm-hmm that the wind hasn't done something to them. And by the way, if you find any bad bolts or loose bolts, don't just tighten them up. Replace them. Why is that, John? Once that bolt is stretched, it's not nearly as strong as it should be. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So look for cracks. But that, that's the main thing. Of course, yeah. your biggest thing that affects signs is rust. And uh, if you find any rust at all on your sign structure, then it's the time to give it a good sanding and, and repaint anything that has been rusted. Now, you've mentioned that when dirt gets around the base of the sign, or in particular, a lot of, a lot of signs are out in farmer's fields, fertilizer can be uh, very corrosive, can't it? Just a quick story. We had a customer call us and said that his sign, the landowner or the, I guess it was the tenant actually at this restaurant was was complaining that he thought he saw the sign moving in, uh, <laughs> in heavy wind. <laughs> oh, no. So we went out and looked at it, and lo and behold, we found that it was on a bolt cage, and the bolt cage was buried, and they decided to improve the looks of the property, so they built a flower bed around this sign. Oh, my. And the bolt cage was under about two feet of dirt. Hmm. Well, you know how flowers grow. You fertilize them with calcium and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That just ate up those bolts on that bolt cage. We had to dig it all out, see what was going on. And if I remember right, there was about 10 bolts on that bolt cage, <laughs> and only two or three bolts were still holding the sign up. So They're lucky that sign stayed up. Yeah. Yeah, very lucky. Wow. Very lucky. Basically, you should make sure the base of your sign is... Is not, because you're right, stuff encroaches over time. Dirt, brush, the base of the sign should be should be open. Well, we always recommend on any new installations that you bring the concrete up above the dirt level and slope the concrete away from the hmm. pipe. Mm-hmm. And I don't care whether you're drilling it or whether you're putting a big spread footing or a cube footing, but try to get it up so that any of the moisture or any of the water that becomes present flows away from that pipe and keep the dirt away from it by raising the concrete up above the dirt level. Mm -hmm. John, what can a company do if it's building signs in a hurricane or high winds area? How can it mitigate some of the wind effects in its design? Well, I think the vinyl wind frames have done a lot to alleviate the the damage that would be caused by a hurricane or a high wind mm-hmm. in those areas. The vinyl, of course, tears away, and uh, then your wind load is considerably less. Of course, with any kind of a sign that's built in southern Florida or any of the, along the coast, it has to be built to the higher wind load to start with. 
mm-hmm. and they get much more expensive than the signs that are built to the lower codes, for sure. How about a digital sign? Let's just say I'm putting up a monopole, but I may want to convert it later to digital. What do I have to keep in mind when I'm designing that structure? Well, basically, with the new style digitals, they've lightened them up so much from the originals that they're not as critical on a structure with the lighter weight. A lot of the center mount signs, you don't have to... You just have to make sure that whoever you're buying the sign from, that you you want it digital ready. Mm-hmm. In other words, it should be built heavy enough to hold any extra weight that the digital would put on it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't affect the center mount so much. But when you get into offsets or flags, that extra weight hanging out there on a cantilever position, it, it increases the cost of the structure the columns are important, and then the footing, of course. Better to spend a little bit more up front so that you can switch out as opposed to having to redo the whole thing later. Oh, yeah. We're spending an awful lot of time and customers spend a lot of money converting the older structures so that they will hold the digitals. Mm-hmm. Trying to anticipate what's <laughs> going to happen 10, 15 years from now in this industry is a trick. <laughs> right, right. It changes so quickly. You yes, know? you're right. You're right. But it never hurts to overbuild something just to plan it on the future. Mm-hmm. John, what are you seeing? What trends, if any, in steel prices right now? Well, this, since the first of the year, we've been notified that our cut beams, the beams and the channels, the structural members have gone up 10%. Hmm. And 24-inch pipe, I just got a notice the other day that it had gone up 8% on me. So it's trending upward. We've seen this before where it increases and then within two or three months it drops back down. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether that's going to happen this time or not, of course. But uh, but we have to just keep an eye on it and try to build it into the cost. Any speculation as to what's causing that? Is the pickup in demand? Is it that fact that COVID has cut operating capacity? Or you have any idea what might be driving it? Well, usually when it's when something like that happens, it's a, it's not any one thing. It's usually a combination of things. What was blamed the last time they did it was the, the tariffs mm-hmm. on the imported steel mm-hmm. drove things up. And, of course, if steel mills are notorious for taking advantage of you if they can. So. <laughs> right, right. John, can you talk a little bit about what's happened in the last year in terms of trends in the market in construction? My sense is the big companies, when COVID hit, the big out-of-home companies basically canceled their CapEx plans, but the small companies, small independent operators were still building. What have you seen? We've seen exactly that, Dave. In fact, if it hadn't been for the small independent companies that we service, we would have really had a rough year. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They kept ordering. It was probably reduced, and they were, you know, more more critical about what they were doing. But they they did. They kept building, and we were fortunate enough to build for them. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The big three guys were fortunate to have a have Lamar as a good customer. Mm-hmm. You know, when the pandemic hit, that made sure that anything we even had working uh, was going to be on hold for a while. Yes, yes. I think that will change some based what I'm seeing in the financials that you're going to see a loosening of the checkbooks of the big companies in this next year, which is, I think, going to be good for everyone. Uh, I think it'll be good. I know it'll be good for us. I yes. think it'll be good for the industry, too. A few words, John, also about your operation there in Richmond. 
Can you talk a little about what, what's your facility? Uh, and you're, you really are a family business, but talk a little bit about that. Well, basically, yes, we're a family-owned business. We design and build. We have our own design group, and we hire about a half a dozen different professional engineers that review our designs and stamp them as it's required for different states. Hmm. Uh, I guess our goal, Dave, has never been to be the biggest supplier to outdoor, but always try to be the best. Mm-hmm. That's our <laughs> yeah. that's our claim to fame. We claim quality, and we've invested in the business. We have a 40,000-square-foot facility here that's pretty much state-of-the-art as far as crane handling and CNC-controlled machines that do all the punching on the angle and drilling of the beams and the plasma <laughs> cutting of the plates and all our welders are certified. I'm real fortunate that I've got some really good people that have been with me for, well, three or four of them have been with me the whole 25 years, 26 years we've been in business. So, Wow. I'm really fortunate that way. John, and you are a true family business. Chances are someone calls your company and you don't answer, your son's answering, or your wife's answering. <laughs> Yeah, my wife or my yeah. uh, granddaughter oh, or my oh, daughter it, or my grandson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I love about the business is the quality family firms in the business. It makes for some interesting <laughs> dinner conversations, but but it, it usually works out pretty well. That's great. That's all for this week. Thanks for coming on the show, John. Oh, thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by Adomni. Adomni, increase your revenue today by listing your digital billboard on Adomni. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting billboardinsider.com or by subscribing to the podcast on any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is billboardinsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple weeks.